Hello and welcome back to B to Beast, the best place to collect killer ideas for big business. And today we have got a beast in the building. She is an international public speaker and currently the long-standing CEO of Hunter and Bard, an award-winning agency helping enterprise businesses dominate ABM with science-based strategy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Shira Abel. <laughs> that was quite the intro. <laughs> welcome, 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 Shira. It is an honor, an honor to have you. Thank you for sharing your time here with us today. Uh, starting super simple here, where are you tuning in from? I'm actually in the East Bay in California. I'm based in Lafayette. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Cali vibes. Hard to complain <laughs> there. Um, love it. Well, we'll start soft here at the beginning. I'm curious in your world, your life, your business, what are you most grateful for right now? I, I'm most grateful for my team. Then. Basically, I'm most grateful for my team. I am so happy with the team that I work with. M many have been in the agency for years, and they're just a pleasure to work with. We've got a really nice vibe. I look forward to Mondays. What more could you ask for? I mean, I also love our clients, right? Of course. And I'm very grateful for our clients. Um, and, you know, no loss there. Blessed to have both, but extremely grateful for the team. Oh, love it. I'm excited to yeah, jump into this uh, agency world you've, you've created. You've developed and really carved a unique lane. So I'm excited to tap into your story, your approach and everything. So let's dive into it. Let's spotlight a story of yours uh, that we can perhaps turn into some lessons. Uh, what do you consider the most exciting win of your career or an epic milestone that you've you've hit over the years that you're really proud to share i have a few um so yeah. it's kind of hard to pick one which which one has the best story behind it i or lesson behind it okay we'll go with the one with the lesson behind it perfect i have a very strong belief in giving back right i didn't originally come from tech. I fell into tech. Um, I had moved to Israel, got into startups there, and I moved in 98, taught myself HTML in 98, and built a website for the company that I was working for at the time, which was not a tech company, and, um, and then from there fell into tech and worked like a maniac. The first job was RichFX, uh, which was originally called WebGlide, and... Like, we needed something due in two weeks. I slept on the floor of the office. I mean, like, worked like a dog, okay? Um, but I got opportunities that I would never have had otherwise. And I was very aware and grateful for them. So when I had the opportunity to give back to the tech community, I did. And I did do mentoring. And I was a founding mentor at Microsoft Ventures Accelerator. And I was a founding mentor at Google Campus. And then I started teaching... At, um, I started teaching marketing for startups at Tel Aviv Yafa Academic College. So all of this led to other opportunities, not paid, but to give back. 
Okay, volunteer time. But the volunteer time did come with some perks. I was brought by the State Department, the United States State Department, to teach and mentor startups in Macedonia and Ukraine at two different occasions, 2014 and 2015. Um, and I would say those were some of the things that affected my life, right? Um, to know that you're making, back in the day, <laughs> to make a difference, Ukraine has kind of gone, but but at the time, um, being there and helping out, one of the companies that I mentored ended up becoming one of the largest startups in Ukraine. I found that out afterwards. Wow. Okay, I, I didn't know. I didn't. Honestly, I have too much on my plate to watch everything that happens. But I followed up with Max, who was the person who organized everything, Matt, Max Gervitz. And I followed up with him. And he told me. So to know that I had that kind of effect, well, before the shit hit the fan, excuse my language, um, you know, that's that's huge. You, I, I've also, I know that... Um, you know, I was brought by the Kimchi Fund to teach and mentor startups in Korea. And I know from one of the people who was there, um, my talk on behavior ended up changing how they were doing a lot of things with their startup and brought them a ton of success. You can really change an entire, like you can change things in a big way through teaching and mentoring. And I'm grateful to have that opportunity. I also occasionally lecture i'm a um i'm a lecturer at berkeley and i teach marketing for startups in the school of engineering under the major of entrepreneurship oh i love it i love it no and it it actually that fits your approach so well of the engineer yeah. you do belong in the, the engineering department um because the, the way you guys really do have a, a science and data driven strategy is really uh, clear to see. And then really that macro level that I I see over and over in business entrepreneurship is being able to front load that effort and have the delayed gratitude, recognizing the ROI might not be here for years or a long while. So I love hearing that you had the courage to invest up front, invest those hours, that energy. It doesn't always have to be dollars that you can invest um, I think a lot of people underestimate, especially when you're in bootstrapping mode or in those early years of how much you can do without yeah. the money. Um, and that's been a big, huge part of our system when we did start to develop it was go find big partners, influencers, companies that want or need this mm -hmm. and do it for free. Sounds yeah. crazy. Sounds awful at first. But guess what? If that converts to a client or leads to two, three paid clients. Now that ROI is starting to snowball over time, but it's so hard for people to invest that time, those hours on the floor over overnight um, for those opportunities and those networks that you were really just giving to that community. And I'm sure even years or decades later, some of that stuff starts boiling up and pops up here now and again. Just to be clear on the stuff that I was doing, none of that led to paid work. That was all just done in order to give back to the community. I keep up with my students and all of that. But the other stuff that came from it, the network on a wide scale understood that it, I guess you could say the offshoot of it was the level of trust that the community has in me 
in my expertise um, and consequently also in the agency because we I like working with people like myself. So uh, so with that level, like that, I think that's where it ended up pay- giving the payoff. It wasn't a direct payoff in terms of, you know, giving the time away for free. You're getting all of this. It was, I do this because this makes me feel good. And it's also, in my opinion, the right thing to do. And being that type of person makes me somebody others want to work with. It's powerful. It's magnetic. And we hear it over and over with Gary V yelling at us and all the social media gurus of provide value. You got to go provide value. That is one of the easiest ways you can do it, is find what people want, need, and volunteer your service, your time, your energy, your expertise. Um, people recognize that, and it does have this magnetic effect um, for sure. Love, love, love hearing that. Well, we alluded to uh, a couple things that I would love to tap into uh, more so on your specific approach. So the second part of this show is stealing your secret sauce or the best that we are able to on a podcast. Um, and I know you have an engineering kind of mindset towards account-based marketing. Um, mm-hmm. And this sweet spot is a brilliant, brilliant um, place to explore. So I'd love to explore first what you're doing right over there on the business side and with your your agency you're building. And then we can get into your personal life, your habits on that end. Um, so the one that really popped up for me and is kind of an iconic sort of flag flagship system or strategy here that I've been seeing is SCALE, the acronym SCALE, to secure, choose, advance, lead, and evaluate. Um, this is awesome <laughs> to the to the best of our ability can you walk through where did this system come from like what was kind of its origin story um and then perhaps we can get into the elementary version of walking through those steps for for our own business or our own uh marketing that we want to pursue so scale is the framework that we use for account-based marketing and as to securing abm program goals right if you don't have a goal, how do you know if you've reached it? Um, choose targeted accounts. If you don't understand who you're going after, how are you going to get them? Uh, advanced targeting tactics. So that's building the funnel, building the the prospect's journey. Okay, building the journey. And then, of course, leading a seamless campaign. Have you put all the pieces in place? Do you have everything ready so that you're not scrambling at the last minute? And it doesn't feel disjointed because if it feels disjointed on your side, imagine how it's going to feel on the side of the prospect, right? So having all that put together and then the analytics at the end, evaluate your process. What did you do right? What did you do wrong? What do you have to change or tweak or test for the next version? And this process is our scale framework for account-based marketing in a nutshell. There's an entire ebook of like 44 pages fully designed with quotes from industry leaders and everything else that you can get, um, reach out to me and I could send it to you direct gladly. And, uh, and you can get me through LinkedIn, just mention this podcast. Um, so there you go. It's not a huge thing. I have snagged the 44 page ebook aforementioned 
And it is loaded, absolutely loaded with insights um, for how you can even uh, approach each of these strategies and kind of custom fit it for your company. I love that you basically kind of have this pre-filtering of like, well, if if X, Y, and Z fit, like, let's talk. If not, <laughs> we're probably not a good fit. I love the the transparency there. <laughs> yeah, Avian is not something that works for every single company. If you have a transactional sale where somebody could buy your, you know, if you have a transactional sale where somebody could buy it with a credit card, ABM is not cost efficient for you. Do product-led growth. It's a whole different model, but it works really well. And, you know, it. what you do very much depends on if you're going after strategic accounts. There's nothing better than ABM for strategic accounts. And those strategic accounts would be your top 20. No, this is glorious to see because I, I think a lot of people get, uh, I don't know, like like buzzword FOMO or something. They like hear other companies are doing this. Oh, we got to level up our demand generation and then make sure our ABM funnel is in place. Like, But if it's not the right fit, doesn't have the right purpose, it's redundant. So how can we as business owners start at minimum that targeting, that secure targeting um, it, once we have our goal in place secured, how do we choose that, that targeting? What is like a simple, uh, checklist? I know like I'm, I'm getting kind of annoyed by these extremely abstract, like avatars of their, like they make $74,000 a year and have two kids and a dog and this, I go, whatever. How, how do you approach that choosing and that targeting? for those companies, and then maybe even the second level of the individuals at those companies. So usually we end up doing a lot of interviewing. If we are, it, depending on the size of the company that we're working with and who we're working with and who they have on staff and who we have access to, okay, um, typically we will end up interviewing the product marketer, who is generally who we start with, unless it's, again, depending on the size of the company, and then we interview sales, and after sales, we interview customer success. Wow. Interesting. So I love that all of this went people and human-based. We wouldn't hear any apps, lists purchased, um, all of these data scrapers, no AI. You are talking to humans. <laughs> we do all of that afterwards. It does come oh. in, not before you talk to the people. Love it. From the people, you're going to get the information and the insights. And and their gut instinct, if they've been doing this for a while, is worth listening to. You check everything with the tools, but you get your initial baseline and your initial assumptions from the people. Right? Just wow. as your messaging, you never know if your messaging is is going to hit home with your target market until you throw ads out there and A-B test, okay? But you can go to the team and say, which one do you prefer? And let's narrow it down to two to test. And typically, okay, so on messaging, it depends, right? Because if they're willing to put it on a t-shirt, if the team is willing to put it on a t-shirt and wear the t-shirt, that's the messaging you go with. It doesn't necessarily have to be the one that resonates the strongest with the customer you need your team to believe. But I've found that the one that resonates with the team also resonates with the customer. And this is after testing. 
after company after company. So it's usually not a disconnect there. Love it. No, and especially if it's those those that are on the front lines yeah. listening to those phone calls or on those sales calls that they've hit this hurdle 20 times. Um, no, brilliant, brilliant to hear that. Um, a lot of the times, yeah, we're always wanting a magic bullet um, for, for this answer or a special tool or app. But I think this was, uh, yeah, very useful in making sure that message is now translated to that targeting. So then you do turn on the targeting tools, the grabbing all of these, all your databases, everything. That's your guys's assets you can um, leverage and tap into. You've been building for a while. So then it moves into channels and campaigns. What is your general approach for perhaps not selecting channels? Because at a certain size, you start needing to be everywhere, but perhaps the opposite direction. How do we minimize and reduce the number of channels that we're on? I'm a huge fan of finding that 80-20 um, instead of just let's be everywhere all at once. <laughs> and um, what is your guys's, I guess, angle or approach or strategy for what is an effective channel to enter or not? So because we do ABM, and because most of the companies that we work with are engineers that are selling to engineers, they're not everywhere. <laughs> okay. They're just not everywhere. Um, putting it like, why would I put something that is aimed towards an enterprise engineer on TikTok? Like this, uh, they make, but like, maybe some of them are there. They're not there. Um, my husband's in it. They're not there. So <laughs> like you, you put it towards the places that make the most sense and you test. You also do pay-per-click and you do a small amount in the very beginning and you test to see who's there, who's not there, what's resonating, what's not. And then you expand it once you know that you've got a good base level. So we usually start out with the ads that are going, say, over, we're a partner with Follows, F-O-L-L-O-Z-E. Um, and with Follows, we take it over to, say, a Follows microsite with this like a binge page. And while we don't get like... What we'll get from there, if we're doing an email campaign, we do that through follows. We can see who opened, how long were they on the board? What did they look at? How long did they look at it? So when sales follows up, because we're starting to see intense signals, if um, if they write back to us, we could tell them, we could tell sales exactly what they looked at, how long they looked at it, so sales knows what to start with. We know what content's actually working and not working. Uh, so we could tweak it. We could, of course, email opens what's the subject line that's working and not working. So we do all of that. And from there, we take it to, okay, we a lot of the time it's building up. Let's get this started. We've got that running. Let's get this started. We've got that running. Now we're going to do this. Like we've started with the ads. Now let's start on the outbound. Now let's start on the events. We've got the events, analyst relations. After It's like getting the pieces and running them in place. Yeah. Because we work in two different modes. We either do full campaigns from start to finish, say for an enterprise, an ABM program, right? An entire program from start to finish. Or we do marketing team as a service. Or we're your ABM division. If you already have a marketing team in your mid-market and you don't want to necessarily build that out. So what we do ends up depending on the company that we're working with. If you are a marketer inside of a smaller stage company and you're building things up, my personal recommendation, start with one thing at a time. Get that one thing running, move on to the next one. You cannot boil the ocean. 
don't bother trying. If management is taking you all over the place, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? Remind them. You cannot boil the ocean one thing at a time. Let's get this going. Then we'll do this. We'll get... You have to... In, in a situation like that, a lot of the time, you have to almost over-manage up and over-communicate up in order to keep frustrations levels low. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? No, we see this over and over. This is amazing um, to hear the, the real, real version of it. It's easy to see the ideal version of it, but there is a lot of challenge of we need to be doing this. We need to be doing this, but you're just not at that size. You're not at that stage yet. So being able to have that transparency to bring it down be like, listen, we got to pick our one or two channels um, does take courage and kind of relaying that or deflecting the let's be everywhere. Um, but I think if you're doing it right, which leads to kind of what you were already mentioning uh, in the data, following the data, following the signals, um, you won't need a whole lot to until you start seeing what are the obvious, obvious channels that are going to win. Um, and in most cases, so that evaluation stage was where my head was already going to next. And you had kind of mentioned what you tracked, where, where it was coming from, what channels were working. Um, so what do you guys see as perhaps the, eval the most universal or most valuable KPI or finding a KPI and these systems and these strategies I think a lot of companies have the same dilemma, same problem of, oh, well, we want to increase visits, but we also want to increase subscribers. Oh, but we also want to convert. Oh, and but all we care about is the bottom line as like, <laughs> you know, um, so how are you navigating that challenge? What do you see arising to the surface for how we actually pick a singular KPI? Because we do ABM and ABM, our focus is ABM and ABM is deep funnel. Our KPI is how many um, sales qualified accounts are we handing over? How many of those sales qualified accounts are turning into opportunities? How many of those opportunities are turning into close ones? Boom. There it is. That's, the that's money. where I think any default should, uh, should, should operate and work from, especially higher ticket uh, services out of that transactional. And most of the people here are definitely going to be in that category as as b2b so <laughs> amazing to hear that as clear cut and straightforward on on the business side and now i would love to tap into now a bit more of your personal world because you've really built something amazing uh here clearly you're doing something right over there so i just want to tap into on your personal side in your day-to-day -day life what habits or task do you consider non-negotiable for your day? What is something that you have to do like every day mm. or prefer to <laughs> or should okay. <we> try to? <laughs> uh, depending on the time of the year, right now, I have to go to my garden every day. Love I, that. My tomatoes are, are doing really nicely. <laughs> They'll be ready. To, we're going to have another cold snap at the end of next week. So the week after that, uh, they will get planted into the raised beds. Um, so that would be that would be where I am every day during lunch, at least a little bit, checking on how my vegetables are doing. Oh my gosh, I love it! See, folks, we don't need the four a.m. ice baths and cold showers. Just 
take care of your tomatoes. That's that's what we need out here. Oh, I love that. Um, No, that is amazing. I think having that uh, something to kind of pull you away from the chaos and kind of literally ground you out out in the in the garden um is really powerful and i think a lot of people it is easy to get caught in the hustle and bustle and nonstop. um but you've uh shown that doesn't have to always be the case um so in a similar vein i'm curious maybe more on the tech or technology side of your day-to-day life um or even just your marketing stack uh what tool or application do you consider a must have like something that you just have to have in your life use all the time? Um, and it could be either side life or business. Okay. So we have, we have, I've, okay. Let me think about this. I would say there are two. Yeah. Go for it. Go for the double dip. <laughs> one, one, it follows. We are a partner for a reason. Um, it works really well and it brings in great insights. So that's one. Uh, the other one would be Monday because it keeps everybody on task, right? We have to live inside of Monday. We have to live inside of Monday and stay organized. And that Monday, like that thing needs to be pristine. So yeah, I would say those are the two those are probably the two that I use the most in terms of the team. I mean, gosh, my team would, well, Leda, who's our design, head of design, our chief design officer, she would say Adobe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. And, um, and, uh, and, you know, I mean, our Noah, who's our chief content officer, he would probably say, you know, Lord, <laughs> context, every day. context <laughs> is crucial. No, these are so, powerful. What was yeah. that first one you mentioned? Follows? Yeah. The, I mentioned it previously. F-O-L-L-O-Z-E. There we go. And Perfect. It, yeah. It's an ABM platform. Uh, you, it, does, it sends out emails as a mail merge. So you're in compliance because if you're doing email blast, you are not in compliance can't build a list and put it, you know, you can't build a list and put it into an email blast, right? HubSpot is a blast. Marketo is a blast. Um, Eloqua is a blast. So not set it as a blast and be compliant. You could do it as a mail merge and be compliant. These are very technical things. No, Um, no worries. We get nerdy and dirty around here. Don't worry. (laughs) So in order to make sure that you're staying in compliance, it's very important that it is done as a mail merge. They send as a mail merge. They hook up to your Outlook or your Gmail or whatever, and you can send it via that way. You could also send it as a blast. But, you know, that's all that that's if you're doing it, if you're doing an expand campaign because that list is already internal. So that's a whole different use case, which also works very well for ABM, by the way. Um, So uh that would be that would be our number one tool. There's there's a reason why we partnered with them. Like I, this is one that I feel very strongly about. Love it. No, we'll have those linked up here. Brilliant, brilliant recommendations. So now we're on to the close to the final part of our show. We're gonna play the world's fastest game show ever. It's three rounds. Uh, you just gotta pick three things, and then we'll uh, hook you up with your prize here at the end. 
Okay. Are you ready to play this or that? Sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to be learning these with you. So we're about to go on a little adventure here. Round one is, would you rather have no hair at all or hair all over? Uh, I, I have, that's an odd question. Um, hair all over? All right. Well, there, the beauty of this is there are no right answers. Uh, this one is interesting. Hero or villain? Oh, hero. Oh, of course. I could feel it. She she takes care of her tomatoes, folks. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a villain in, in, in the building here. Uh, this one's a nice, fun one to end on. So round three, final round. Would you rather hang at the beach or at the pool? Can I be in the middle of a city instead? Oh, what a rogue answer. No beach, no pool. She's hanging in the city. We've got a rogue in the building. I love it. That works uh, equally well. Um, still counts, and you have completed our game of this or that and your prize. Why don't you go ahead and share what are you up to right now? How do you help uh, specifically B2B businesses and companies? And how can they get started on that journey of finding you, following you, starting uh, that whole adventure? Um, let's hear it. All right. So we basically work in three different ways with companies, depending on the company. Actually, four different ways. Okay. So one would be if you're an enterprise, an ABM program, we will work with you from start to finish. Interview all the stakeholders, build all the lists, create all the materials, orchestrate do the, all the analytics, give you the report at the end, talk to you the entire way through once a week, the whole thing from start to finish. If you are mid-market, we can work with you on any range of things, right? We can build your materials, we can orchestrate, we can work on the strategy with you if you need change management, if you need training, all of this, boom. If you are a tinier startup, we do marketing team as a service. Um, that's where you work with the entire team, I basically work as a fractional CMO, create the strategy, competitive analysis, all of this. And from there, we work with your CEO and your chief of sales and get you going, right? One thing after another, after another, in order to make sure that you are working and moving forward, especially in today's environment where the budgets aren't like they were. So if you are a very technical company and uh, you don't have necessarily the budget to hire all of the people in-house, you get a team, you get the work done, it's efficient. So um, those would be some of the ways. And then the last one would be, of course, consulting. Perfect. And how do we follow this adventure or start this adventure online? So you can follow me on LinkedIn. You can connect me on LinkedIn. If you're sending me a connection request, please mention this podcast. Otherwise, I may not say yes. I get a lot of requests. Um, and uh, so 
If you want to work with us, you can either write into the website. You could write in directly to me. Uh, the website is Hunter and Bard, H-U-N-T-E-R-A-N-D-B-A-R-D.com. Hunting for lead sales and market. Bard is the storyteller, which is how we do it. Yes, I was a geek and played D&D. Yes, I love it. Love it. Love it. Please hop over to that brilliant site. They do have a bunch of, uh, yeah, resources, assets, uh, and all kinds of helpful information to help you level up to that next uh, chapter, that next stage that everybody's shooting for. Um, and you guys do it in a really unique and useful way. So I got to take a moment to quickly acknowledge and appreciate your end because uh, I've seen the belly of the beast. I've seen a lot of people just riding it. Uh, buzzword, yeah, buzzword abusers, I'll call them. <laughs> but you have really, really taken this account-based marketing strategy to heart and carved and created your own lane for it that actually works, that freaking works. And I commend you. Uh, I know that is not easy to do. Um, and now you're sharing the journey and bringing other people along with it um so thank you thank you for sharing that and thank you for sharing your time with us today it is deeply deeply appreciated thank you for having me on this podcast well let's jump into our final final question we're going to hand the mic back to you one more time and this last question is for one specific listener they might be just starting out or they might be stuck taking it to that next level what final words of advice or motivation can you share to send them into beast mode okay this one is actually not for me it's from my coach john shaw and his is energy goes where there's clarity mm. i actually have it written on a like post-it on my monitor <laughs> energy goes where there's clarity boom there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the B2B podcast. This has been Shira Abel. You're a beast.